As conservatives, one of the most important questions we face today, what is there to conserve? A growing number of people, many of them here in this room, are starting to realize that the answer is not the liberal victories of 10 years ago. Our framing of the problem up to this point has been almost exclusively focused on ideas like the sovereign individual, on freedom, on don't tread on me, and this is understandable if you are the underdog. But it is ultimately pure defense. Wanting to be left alone to practice blasphemy against a hegemonic moral order will not be tolerated by the regime, and it is not. We need to understand that the left is the worship of pure autonomy. Every allegiance you have to kin and kind, to your traditions, to your institutions, to every category you make use of to understand the world is an insult to pure autonomy. Your pleas for freedom sound incoherent to the left. What, you want the freedom to be unfree? Uh, you want the freedom to subject yourself to oppressive, archaic institutions, to limited concepts of gender and sexual expression? It makes no sense. The old framing that splits our politics between individualism concerned with freedom and collectivism concerned with equality is a cloak that disguises the fact that both left and right have been practicing the same worship of autonomy. One is just lagging behind the other, but always, always catches up. The game is rigged and we lose. If the role of conservatism should be a little more than playing the heel to the left's permanent revolution and to lose beautifully on every front, every time, there must be a clear picture of what improvement will look like outside the framing of the left. So I'd like to propose some new framing. In economics, the tragedy of the commons refers to a situation in which individuals who have open access to a common resource without shared rules of how to use that resource act according to their own self-interest, which leads to the ultimate depletion of that resource. The usual example here is public grazing land, also called the commons in Britain. If the pasture is grazed by everyone's livestock and maintained by no one, it will soon be overgrazed and destroyed. But there are other domains of human life that I believe are best viewed as commons, as emergent, critical societal assets prone to careless destruction by unsustainable use, less tangible than pasture land, of course, but in many ways much, much more important. Looking either at the individual or specific collectives does not offer us a full picture of the current or potential dysfunction or the levers that we have to improve. I believe most decadence happens in the space in between, the mesh that ties us all together um, or fails to do so. The intangible commons, I believe, offer a new perspective on what we as conservatives should be stewarding, beyond the individual versus collective binary. The easiest way to understand the intangible commons is that they create our societal default setting. This emerges from relationships, from the technology we use, from the incentives presence in our society at the point. Um, and it always takes more effort to move past the default. And whatever the default is, it will be chosen by most people. I'll give you a few examples. Matt Crawford writes in his exceptional book, The World Beyond Your Head, about our attentional commons, about the effect of having every visible surface and screen around us beeping and flashing, seducing our primitive parts of the brain with ever more enticing and inescapable signals. The problem is that attention is deeply enmeshed with agency, with your capacity to be fully human. 
and it is being sold and consumed chaotically, unchecked by sparkling widgets and ever more elaborate slot machines. This is just one example of a domain that has been left to the gods of autonomy by both the libertarian right and by the liberal left. There are many more. Another is our food commons. I live in Eastern Europe, uh, where the situation is tame in comparison to the US, but though still small, the percentage of the population that is forced to waddle as a means of propulsion has exploded. Every year, a larger and larger percentage of our grocery stores are packed with new techno-culinary wonders that are just the right amount of sweet and savory, just the right amount of corn syrup to industrial seed oil. These engineered foods aren't just fattening, they are barely foods. Our relationship to them is as their prey. But because this is a panel on the family, I want to speak about one of the most important and most mismanaged commons that we have today, our relationships. Consider the act of finding a husband. He doesn't drop out of the sky and he isn't delivered by Amazon. A courtship is a hothouse flower. It needs specific conditions. There need to be enough people in a selection pool who can, who can like each other enough to decide that spending a lifetime together would be acceptable. They have to speak at least one common language and share at least a core set of values. They need to believe in the institution of marriage. They maybe don't buy that having children will cause polar bears to spontaneously combust. And they need to find each other easily enough. This environment, this ecosystem of marriage and children, and all the technology and incentives around it is a commons. Picking spouses from an internet database according to specified parameters sounds like an increase in efficiency, like progress but it has meant effectively wiping out a whole substructure of behaviors and equilibria that each had a purpose and were organically aligned with human nature. In the current system, a lucky few will be very lucky, and the great mass will get lost in commoditized heartbreak or the illusion that they are fundamentally ineligible. Using the same interface to find the spouse as you do to order a sandwich can affect how you feel about that relationship? Who knew? At the same time, under the rule of pure autonomy, again, directly and indirectly pushed by both right and left, the simple act of being together has been warped beyond recognition because every previously agreed upon norm is now optional. Your only mission, your only imperative is to introspect, to investigate your desires in the moment, and from a place of deep but mysterious authenticity, to exercise consent. The problem, and the secret here that would give away the game, is that our desires aren't our own. They do not spring forth unassisted from a covert little homunculus behind your eyes. They arise from our bonds to each other, from our culture, our obligations, our hierarchies. Once these bonds are severed, admittedly some may be freed to reach for the stars, but most are more likely seduced by an ever-deepening gutter. The current trajectory in our relationships uh, and in other intangible commons, is technological Brazilification. The few winners in this game, the good-looking, the uh, uber-conscientious, uh, the already rich happily cash in their gains, and below them open up the sprawling favelas offering, offering limbic tickles for the plebs. You yourself may be immune to their charms for now, but quantity is a quality in itself. We have never seen such an onslaught of enslavement packaged as entertainment as identity. Equating freedom to the ever-expanding autonomy to investigate and pursue our authentic desires means enslavement to those capable of manipulating and creating those desires. The end state of both left and right flavored autonomy worship is enslavement to the state.
No man is an island, and the managerial superstructure knows this. If things continue down this path, the only thing we will soon have in common is our dependence on the state corporate behemoth. Now, the only thing standing in the way of our slow enslavement is the continued existence of functional, intangible commons in dwindling pockets of society. This will not be the case for long. Taking stock of the conditions that actually create thriving societies, order, children, generational prosperity, and keeps the lights on is inescapable. This is our challenge as stewards of the commons. Yes, this way of looking at the world is adding complexity. It lacks the simple charm and peaceful path to failure of don't tread on me. Um, it is values driven. It is not neutral. It knows good things and shuns bad things. And it brings with it new ways to fail. If it reeks of paternalism, good, your senses are working. There is no neutral ground to be reconquered because there never was. Every regime is in its own way a theocracy. To protect and revivify our intangible commons, we need to first agree that they are worth saving. Thank you very much.